my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am so grateful to be in front of you again this week uh, to have the privilege and honor to be able to teach you and support you and hopefully bring a topic that's going to help you have better relationships and particularly particularly for this week's episode to help manage your expectations, to find that really sweet spot between balancing uh, your standards and making those be true for you while also letting people in um, and making sure that you're not setting yourself up to have a broken heart. This is, with this said, this is going to be in alignment with last week's episode. We are in a three episode series where I'm breaking down our healed and loved woman framework. And I decided after I recorded last week's episode that I'm going to, I'm only going to break down the framework once a year instead of twice a year, since it looks like they're going to be three episodes uh, for me to do it, teach y'all and just review it with y'all the way that I want to do so. So with that being the plan, I still wanted to make space for other topics and other episodes in the meantime. So we're going to come back to the love avoidance portion, uh, maybe next week or the week after, uh, but we're going to come back to it. Uh, for those who are excited for that part, but this is going to be just as supportive. I'm actually pulling the audio from the uh, the mini lesson that I talked about last week. So last week I talked about how I have brought back the text community. Welcome to the ladies who have already joined. It's been great to be reconnected with y'all and see so many familiar faces and um, laugh and joke already. Uh, but I shared that I was going to send... Um, a masterclass. So I sent a 25-minute lesson on how to how to protect yourself from having a broken heart. And so I'm going to share the audio here. And I think this is a lesson that I already talked about on TikTok, like I should, said before, but we're going to break it down a little bit more. We're going to break down what does it look like to set healthy expectations where you're not living in fantasy, uh, and making sure that you're clear with yourself about what is it that I'm looking for from this person. And I'm not going to go into specifics about what the things that you can look for in other people are, but exactly, but more so, how can you know emotionally if you're requiring something from someone, if you're starting to be in fantasy about who you want them to be and how you want them to show up versus what's actually in front of you. So I'm going to talk more about that emotional uh, concepts. And so hopefully that hopefully this is going to be supportive for those who uh, really connected to the love addictive portion last week. But either way, please stay around till the end because I've been playing around with ways that I 
could get more listener stories here on the podcast. You are all constantly telling me what you are learning and what you've been experiencing in your everyday life. And I would love to have your stories as part of our learning experience here. So I'm going to share the details on how you can join me at the end of the episode. Uh, So stay around for then. But until then, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode about setting yourself up to not have a broken heart. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coast of Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coast of Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So you've heard me share about my journey with vitamin D and how a deficiency was causing havoc in my life, causing depression that was not helped by therapy, emotional support skills, and other resources that I had access to because the source was organic and coming from inside my body. And it was only by healing my body with vitamin D supplements that I actually saw change. And I'm not alone with me being part of the 82% of black women in America who struggle with the vitamin D deficiency due to our melanin not being able to synthesize as much vitamin D from the sun. But Black Girl Vitamins is a proud black owned brand that develops vitamins to address the specific needs of black women like iron and vitamin D deficiency. Each purchase contributes to a scholarship fund that supports black women pursuing healthcare education. Plus they're vegan friendly and free free from harmful additives. Try Black Girl Vitamins to see improved health in areas such as energy, fertility, and pregnancy support, balancing your blood sugar, and more. Get 10% off your first order with the code HEAL10 at blackgirlvitamins.co. That's B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-V-I-T-A-M-I-N-S dot co and use promo code HEAL10 to get $10 off. Take control of your health and level up your summer with Black Girl Vitamins. It's time to make this summer your healthiest one yet. Hey ladies, welcome, welcome. I am going to teach you a short masterclass on a PDF that I got in the email about how to break your own heart. So this video is going to be about making sure that you don't set yourself up 
to have a broken heart based on too high of expectations. Okay, so if that sounds like something you need, stay here because that's what we're going to talk about. A little background before I get into it. So I made a TikTok about this already, So, but this is going to be an extended version of me saying all the things that I couldn't say in three minutes. Um, but I got this this email from the site, We Are Not Really Strangers. For those of you who don't know, it's a company that produces discussion cards. So you can use the discussion cards to get closer to friends, lovers, family members. They have decks for everything. They even have self-love cards for you to ask yourself questions. So I ordered a deck. So it asked me to their mail, their mailing list. So I get emails every couple of days. And one email said, I made a presentation for you and it just had this as an attachment. And when I tell you, I looked at it and I was like, oh, it hit me right when I needed it because I was setting myself up to be, have a broken heart. I was actually breaking my own heart already. Um, and so I immediately made a TikTok. And um, this is something that y'all need to know as well. So let's talk about it. First, I'm going to go over how do you, you break your own heart according to We Are Not Really Strangers. Number one, set expectations for someone that they can't live up to. Number two, place that person on the pedestal, but don't tell them you put them there. Number three, fall in love with the version of them you created in your head. Number four, blame them for not being that person. Number five, then blame yourself for falling for them anyways. And then repeat the cycle. So, um... Even though I talk about romantic relationships, we can set ourselves up for high expectations for other people, put them on pedestals, no matter what the relationship, whether or not it is a family member, a friend, a woman that we, a woman or a person, we really want to be a good friend or a person that's been a friend to us before, um, a boss or a coworker and hoping for them to be this person, our models, our, our role models, our idols, celebrities, um, people that we, that are human that we really want to be this inhuman entity that never harms us, that never does anything wrong. And when they don't show up to be that person, we get brokenhearted. Now, before I go further with what I just said, I want to make something very clear. This is not me campaigning for you to say, well, everybody's human, so I really can't have standards for myself. And, you know, I should just take people where they are, even when it's emotionally, mentally, sexually, physically, financially dangerous to myself. No, never, 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 ever, ever, ever is that going to be what I'm trying to communicate to you. Um, when people are around you and in your inner circle, friendship, lover, even family, y'all, to be in your energy is a privilege. It's a privilege because you're special, because you're a treasure, because you're wonderful. And they're treasures and they're, wonderfuls too, and they're wonderful too. But that doesn't mean that you make yourself small. It doesn't mean that you deny intuitive feelings that are saying, I don't like how this makes me feel. I don't like that this makes me feel forgotten, that this makes me feel overlooked, that it makes me feel drained, right? We always need to pay attention to how we feel in other people's presence. And if they they mark all those boxes that something isn't right or that they're unavailable to show up and be mutual with us, we have to pay attention to that and either create distance with that person um, fully or create a lot of space until they show that they can actually be safe for us. But what I am about to talk about here is people that 
There are green flags. We like them. We want to get closer to them. Maybe we've been close to them in the past, you know, and these are the people that we want to move forward with. This still applies because sometimes it's not even that people will disappoint us. Sometimes, according to what this is saying, we will make this unrealistic standard of perfection up for people. And then when they fall short, it causes resentment. It causes bitterness. It causes broken hearts because we weren't practicing seeing them for who they are, not who we want them to be. Okay. So here's the first one, setting expectations for someone that they can't live up to. I'm going, I am going to use dating examples going forward for this. Um, but please feel free to, to use this for whatever relationships pop up in your mind that this brings forth for you. So set expectations for someone that they can't live up to. So you're dating someone. They are wonderful. Y'all have the right, you have the same sense of humor. Y'all have the same values. Um, they care about the same social issues. Maybe y'all come from the same culture or if you're from a different cultures, they are aware of your culture and they are respectful and they are doing their own internal work about it, whatever it might be, right? Things are just clicking, clicking, clicking. But then you find that maybe they have problems with communication. Maybe they say things like they really want to communicate, but they're not able to. Maybe they have uh, uh, trust issues and commitment. Even though y'all are hitting things off and y'all are having such a great time, they're honest and forthright about how um, they have a problem trusting people and staying around because it just makes them nervous for whatever reason. Whether or not that's their, their exact words, it's a paraphrase of it, right? Um Maybe this is very common with the women that I support. Um, maybe you are dating someone and they are not as successful as you. And they maybe um, have a lot of dreams and ambitions that they talk to you about, right? And so you're like, oh, well, I'm ambitious and I know things. I can just tell them a couple things and I can help them out, right? Each of these three examples. The first one, they tell you they can't communicate. An example of setting up expectations for them that they can't live up to is you say, well, this is them communicating and I can have patience for them and, you know, it's okay. Is it really okay? Also, is there a part of you that's hoping that by them being around you by osmosis, they'll become more willing and able to communicate? Um, is this you setting up expectations for them that down the road you'll progress to be at a place where y'all can go deeper, even though they've already told you that they can't, right? And you may know that, yeah, with like therapy or help or something, you could, but what they're telling you is today where they are right now, they can't. They can't, they don't want to, whatever it is, they're not. That's not who they are. Same thing with trust issues person or a, a commitment person, right? You're hoping, you might even tell yourself, I think a lot of times, um, depending on what stage of life we're in, um, it's the same output, but just different reasons. Sometimes people are like, you know what, I'm at a stage where I just want to have fun. So even though they say they don't really care about commitment, I'm going to keep moving forward because I want to enjoy myself. Some people are very much in the codependent phase, even though they don't call it codependence, but they're like, well, um, there's just no way, like the chemistry, the intensity, just like how we get each other. I hear you, but I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, so you stay because you have feelings for this person and you're getting a lot from it. It's not even that you're trying to fix them or change them. This is just as pleasurable to you, right? So um, 
you stay. And then um, the third one, the ambition thing, right? Uh, you are saying, well, they say they have dreams and all these things where I can help or I can point them in the right direction or, you know, I can help them with interviews or whatever else. And you do whatever it is that you do, whatever the person is saying that they just need help with or that they have dreams about. You come and you show up, but you're setting yourself up for expectations for this person to be someone that they are not. With this last example, is it that they are not capable of achieving all their goals? Absolutely not. Anybody can do whatever they put their mind to. It is possible for anyone to achieve their dreams. But if they are someone who second guesses themselves, if they're someone who has low self-esteem, if they're someone who has trouble taking ownership and accountability in this area of their life, even if they have all everything on fire and thriving in other areas of their life, but this is the area that they struggle in, you are setting them up to be someone they're not because this is their thorn to bear. This is how they are showing up. And maybe it gets resolved in life and through time and through maturity, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe with this last example, they end up being someone who is working or not working at places until their later age, but that's their journey to to walk. All that to say, this first one, number one, can you see someone for exactly who they are and what they're able to give and what they say that they have to contribute or not contribute right now versus what you want it to be? Number two. Place them on a pedestal, but don't tell them you put them there. So already in the first one, I kind of already alluded to this a lot, right? Like a lot of this is stuff that we do in our head. Um, so um, I think I think these days, many of us have a more balanced perspective of work, but I'm going to tap into my younger years where I was a little bit more idealistic at work. And I'm sure other people can relate to this. Um, but you, you have a really great boss. They're super open. They're super chill. They are um, really great at boundaries. They put people in their place that you see are slacking and they're also there at every, at all other times, right? So you're like, this is the boss, this is the supervisor, this is the person I've been waiting for, right? So they have a pedestal and maybe you don't say it, but you just really look up to them or at least you really appreciate them. So then what happens, and this is kind of going, this is kind of going into the other ones, but I'm going to go with this example for now. What happens when the boss needs to speak for the company and the boss needs to do something that just doesn't sit right with you? Maybe because it's what the what the company says. Maybe it's because of the position they put themselves in or that the job puts them in. Whatever it is, the output is, I don't like it. And um, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, right? Instead of knowing that this person who I really like and admire is going to have good days and going to have bad days. But when you put people on pedestals, they're only allowed to be perfect in your mind all the time. And when they fall less than perfect, you're ready to get rid of them. This is how we end up cutting off people because we make up stories in their head about who they're supposed to be. So when they let us down, they are literally betraying us. They are betraying us, but they're not betraying us on any agreed upon uh, compromise that we shared. We created a whole story and narrative in our head about what they should do and what they could do. And they would never do this to me. And they would never say this. And this could never happen. They never told you that. The life, there was no contract that rode up to that. That's what you hoped it would be. And you, you got grounded in that. And then life happened, right? 
which is another reason why it's important for us to go. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. So to number one, can we set up expectations based on who someone is and based on the role and the responsibility that they have in our life, right? As a romantic partner, It is not their job to fix all of our holes inside of us. Now, if we pick right, and if we're fortunate enough to find our soulmates and love of our lives, those type of relationships do provide so much healing and so much joy and so much safety and so much security. And it's really magic. And that doesn't prohibit or prevent us from having to do this deep internal work that the wounds that started before that person was there, that's based on how we think about ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. All of that is about our own internal process. It has nothing to do with external factors. It has everything to do with my relationship with me, your relationship with you. So um, can we set up romantic partners to not be fix-alls? Can we set up supervisors and managers to not be messiahs? Can we set up girlfriends and people who come into our lives to not, even if we have a sister relationship for them to not be the perfect best friends at all moments because they have their bad days. They have their things that they go through. They have postpartum depression. They have divorce. They have periods. They have layoffs. They just have low energy. They have whatever they have going on that they also need to go through. And so is this a mutual relationship? Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real, genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. 
Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Number three, I've already been talking about this. Fall in love with the version of them you created in your head. Um, and you are operating off of the narrative of what, who they are, your relationship, the story that you told yourself about what this would be. Um, and you are committed to this fantasy. You're committed to who this person could be, who you want them to be, the small glimpses of them that you've seen. That's the other thing that I don't, I don't think I talk enough about. A lot of these times we're not creating it out of air. We're creating it from moments that we see. We're creating them from real conversations that we've had. And so instead of us looking at it from saying, instead of seeing that, okay, this was a moment in time. This is not how it always is. This is not how it always is because I haven't seen it. And also they told me this is not how it always is, right? We can take those moments and say, oh, well, but there's hope. And what you want to do is build hope with the version that's actually real. Is it possible for who this person is in front of me to be my best friend? Is it possible for the person who's in front of me to be my mentor? Is it possible for them to be my lover and, you know, co-parent or whatever with me? I want to say something about the mentor thing. I used to have, you know, I work with women. And so our mother wounds show up in so many areas, right? In our romantic relationships, um, in our friendships, in our relationships with our own mothers, with with our daughters or with other women around us. Um, and for sure with the maternal figures that we attach or don't attach to. And I remember I had one, uh, one student who told me one time, um, and I can't remember who it was or how long ago it was, but uh, we were talking about her mentor and how her mentor that she really loved and respected got really nasty and negative with her and started to become really competitive and almost basically tried to sabotage her. And, uh, you know, just like being really snarky and mean. And we talked about it and it came to found out, come to find out this woman was already kind of like this, but with other people. And I, sometimes we can make it, we can feel like we are exempt from being on the receiving end of the anger, the rage, the bitterness, the, the gossip, the unfairness, the cheating, the infidelity, the the stinginess, uh, the whatever, right? Um, that because this person is telling me about what happened with them, they would never treat me this way. And I have eyes open, so I'm going to pay attention to it. If someone shows you who they are, believe it. If someone tells you who they are, believe it. It doesn't mean you have to say that they're a bad person, but you want to see their character, and then make decisions from there. So this person was more willing to or more able to um, ignore that because part of her trauma and her mother wounds was from a mother who was very critical, very abusive, very competitive with her, very narcissistic. And so she had a slew of, of 
older woman mentors who were very much like her mother or teachers at school that she would get closer to who were like her mother, right? And just repeating that trauma, okay? Instead of seeing them for who they actually were, okay? Going to the next one, blaming them for not being the person that you want them to be. So if here's a couple of things. When someone really hurts you and is emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, financially dangerous to you, spiritually dangerous to you, there is there is space to hold them accountable for those actions. If you set yourself up to get closer to someone and to um, and to make them have this amount of power and influence. And, um, you know, just energy over you. We got to kind of look at not blaming you because that goes into the next one. We're not, we're not blaming ourselves, but we need to look into awareness of, okay, how did I get here? What was I trying to get from this person? That one, I didn't know how to give to myself. Two, I didn't have words for maybe that this was the need. Cause a lot of times we go into this stuff blind. We don't realize that we're putting people on pedestals until later on. And to the point of this, uh, this PowerPoint that we are we are not really strangers sent, um, we repeat the cycle. So we go through life thinking, oh, okay, well, it's just this situation. It's just this person. It's just this, this. Instead of realizing, okay, I'm constantly deifying people. How do I, why do I do that? Is there a certain type of person that I deify? Because maybe you have really great boundaries with other groups of people, but there's a certain type of person, there's a certain type of relationship that's your kryptonite. That's kind of your go-to for hoping that this is going to make me feel in a certain way you want to feel, right? We have to be mindful to not blame the person who struggles with communication for not communicating with us four months down the road when they told us they couldn't communicate and they didn't know how to communicate and they didn't really want to communicate from the beginning. We're the ones who picked them up as a project. We, well, this one is, a, this one might be a little sore for me. <laughs> Because <laughs> the sentence that I want to say, ugh, I'm going to say it, but I might backpedal a little bit. The sentence I want to say is we can't blame the person who um, we date for eight months without a title, without a commitment, um, because we really enjoy them. And then when they say they want to break it off or that we're getting too close, we can't blame them for breaking it off when they told us that they didn't want commitment from the first place. I my, my addendum or my caveat to that is in that situation, that person knows. That person knows your feelings. Y'all most likely have talked about this and they kept you, they kept you going and they, they set you up to have a broken heart. So that, that situation I feel like is both sides, but you get the point. What was the last example I gave? Oh, the person who is not ambitious and is a project, right? You kind of have a Bob the Builder thing going on with them. Um, getting frustrated with them that they're not keeping jobs, that they always have an excuse, that they're always playing the victim and all that stuff. That is that is a story that they have been walking in before you got there. You wanted to make them the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Um, and of course, that's an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. We got to look at why I did that. And then also the next thing that happens is we blame ourselves for falling for them anyways. I, 
I think there's a lot of shame that comes up with these things, especially the examples that I just listed. I mean, those are real examples that I hear all the time. So a lot of times people are like, especially if if you've been doing your recovery work, it's like, oh, how could I? I should know better and all that stuff. And y'all, life, sometimes we just don't know things until we experience them. Like, kind of like, there's a difference between reading a book about how to ride a bicycle and you can read all the books you want to watch all the YouTube tutorial videos and all the things, but it's not until you actually start to ride the bike that you're like, oh, there's a still a whole lot to learn. This is so much different than what I thought it would be, right? And I think that's what it is with a lot of our life lessons. Like we have to we have to ride the bike to figure out how to have balance, to figure out how to how it feels when we fall down, learning how to get back up and not say, fuck bikes, I'm never going to ride a bike again. Because once we actually learn how to do it, it's so worth what's on the other side of it, you know? And then again, repeat the cycle. So what we want to do is we want to break the cycle, y'all. We want to um, start from here, start from the beginning to see people for exactly who they are, not who we want them to be. And know that we don't have to, I said this already in in this video, but I want to say it again. Um, I think some of us don't know how to do that. We either hate people or we glorify and we deify them in their own pedestals and they're the most perfect people in the world. We, We have this black and white mentality when it comes to people well, we need to come to a place of balance. We need to learn how to see the humanity and the flaws and the imperfections of people, but still be able to love them through it and still be open to love when they're healthy. Okay. Remember, this is not me saying to see the flaws in a narcissist and be like, well, you can't, you can't really expect anything or to see the flaws in a um, perpetual cheater and say, well, you know, I can still love them through this. No, girl. Go back to the beginning and listen to this again. (laughs) This is all about holding what is it that I need that makes me feel safe. And this is a person that can give this to me. Okay. All right. I hope y'all enjoyed this. And yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Woohoo. That was our mini masterclass. I had so much fun recording this impromptu lesson for y'all. I am so grateful to have another space where I can just share a little bit more in depth the things that I want to talk about. You know, there's only only so many weeks in the year that I can post a podcast episode without overwhelming y'all with multiple episodes a week. And uh, it's just really great. So for the community members, I look forward to sharing more impromptu lessons and things like that down the road. And um, of course, you know, whenever I can go live on social media, but it's just really great to have that as a way to have direct access to y'all. So, so if you would like to have access to this, you can join our text community by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash texts. I've actually been considering uh, just making a general hub where I'll keep all this stuff so that it's not based on whether or not you're a, a subscriber when these things come out, but I haven't had the time to put it together. So we'll see if it comes down the road. But for right now, you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash text with an S at the end. So um, as promised, let's talk about how you can join in and share your story as a listener here on the podcast. So I've been playing around with a couple of ideas, but the one I'm going to share with you right now today is for certain topics that I have coming up, I would love to hear 
your experience, your strength, and your hope. So have you ever gone through it before? What are some things that you have learned? What are some things that have been really hard for you? Not only in letting other people know that they're not alone and that because I think depending on what we're going through or maybe most things, sometimes the hardest part is feeling as if you're the only one feeling that way, especially if your friends and your family can't relate, especially if they're shaming you and judging you for it. And especially if you're breaking generational curses and you're doing something than what the masses think you should do, Let knowing that you're not the only, only one who's gone through it and that there's a way out of it is more healing than the solutions a lot of ways because it gives you hope uh, in a really dark place. So I want to start having listener stories on for that reason. Also for me as a coach, as an educator, as a teacher, uh, if it's not something I've had a lot of clients and students come through, or even if I have, just hearing people's perspectives helps me know what solutions to talk about and teach here and how to frame podcast episodes or even what guests to bring on if I want to bring in uh, uh, another expert to talk about it. Um, But, and also just as an appreciation, I mean, so many of y'all will send me your stories and I can't always reply to all of them, but when I can, I I always share how grateful I am that you're you're telling me what, what's gone on with you. So I want to bring all that here. And so uh, I'm going to test it out with one topic. And this first topic is married single mothers. So I, I shared this actually on Sunday night. I had like a mini episode that was up for maybe uh, 12 hours before I took it down because I said I wanted to, to share it in an actual episode. But I've, I heard the term married single mother maybe uh, six to seven months ago, and I've been seeing more and more people talk about this. And basically the idea that if you're a partner with someone who is not actually a partner with you, this is different than uh, being a default parent where maybe your children may look to you or the other parent for most of your most of their needs, but really, you know, there's there's still camaraderie. There's still the person working with you, and you're working with them. There's still active communication. When you are a married single mother, this is where you feel as if your partner has completely abandoned you, even if they are physically in the house. They are not really. They take you for granted. Um, you are pulling all of the weight, if not emotionally and domestically, maybe even financially. Um, there's really a lack of gratitude. You may have even talked to them about this. You may have gone to therapy about this. You know, I had a similar episode where I kind of talked about the effects of this when I talked about financial abandonment as a form of red flag behavior. But, um, you know, just again, I've seen so many other women talk about this and this can be a really lonely place to be. And it could be hard because you don't know when you're in it, you hear other people who are in coupleships and they've talked to their partners. They've, they worked through it. They had a partner where maybe they were unaware that you were doing all this mental and emotional labor. And once you talked about it and went to therapy together, things improved. Uh, but sometimes we're partnered with people where it doesn't matter what you do. The person that we're with is who they are. And um, it's really hard to know the difference sometimes. And are you giving up too soon? Could you be doing more? Are you being unfair to ask this? You know, it's, it's, it's cultural that one partner may carry the load more than others. So is this your lot in life? That kind of thing. So I want to have an episode where we kind of talk about that 
And then we are going to have another episode for people who are partner to partners who uh, having having remediation and and therapy will help. But um, for this one, I would love to have stories because this can be a very lonely place to be, and you can have so much outside. So many outside people who will reinforce your struggle versus validate your experience. So if you relate to this idea of being a married single mother uh, or you've been that person in the past, I would love to hear you share uh, what that looked like for you and how you got out of it if you got out of it or how you're staying positive while you're in it. And so you can share your story by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash speak. Again, blackgirlsheal.org slash speak. Uh, there's just a little recorder there. You don't have to download an app. You don't have to send me anything. You, um, and you can just press the little button and record your story of, in up to four minutes. And I'll be selecting some stories to share on the podcast whenever uh, I launch that episode. So I hope to hear from you. Uh, I think... The latest statistics say that, what, 51% of marriages end in divorce in American households. And so if that's the case, I mean, applying those numbers to the listenership here on the podcast, and I know not everybody here who listens to this podcast is uh, single. And even if you are single, you may be single because you had to leave um, an unhealthy relationship. And then for those who are partnered you know, there's a very mixed bag there as well. So we'll love, would love to hear your experience. But yeah. Okay, so that's it for today's episode. I'm sending all of you love and I look forward to being back next week. As always, take care of yourselves and I'll see you later. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 